This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, good evening to everyone joining us from Sydney, and also... Hello, everyone, to anyone who is joining us from around the world. Today, again, we have got Alex Asamao and Koma, who is the brand ambassador of UGP, and also who is doing Master of Public Health, joining us for our Daily Dose podcast. Welcome to this Daily Dose podcast again, Alex. Uh, thank you, sir. I think that you need to update you. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a student anymore. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's okay. Great. Uh, To start off with today's Daily Dose podcast, we would like to begin with this good news that Prime Minister Scott Morrison has given some sort of indication that the international borders could reopen as early as December if some of the states, including New South Wales, can reach that 80% vaccination target. So that is a good news to begin with. But also um, another news which is trending since afternoon today, which is coming from New Zealand, that there has been a terrorist attack in New Zealand. And a man who was considered to be from an Islamic background was shot dead on this Friday afternoon by the police in a West Auckland market with at least six people who are injured and they are presently in the hospital. So our prayers go out to those people who have been stabbed by by that person and just from the reports of the prime minister jacinda arden the alleged terrorist was a sri lankan national who arrived in the in new zealand in 2011 and he became the person of the national security interest from 2016 onwards Um, the prime minister in fact said that the person was under continuous surveillance for quite some time and the police was continuously monitoring that person so it's nothing beyond that person which the authorities have found out till now and that's good to hear and uh, definitely it can be considered to be a hateful attack but um, we cannot we cannot again generalize it to the larger community out there and that's what the prime minister has also told and it's quite a rare attack uh, alex because we have not seen these kind of attacks in new zealand after that Christchurch attack, which happened in 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll agree to, I'll agree to what you just said. It's, it's rare to see, I mean, to hear about um, s- such events from New Zealand, but it's not surprising because terrorist groups are everywhere. And surprisingly, there are so many terrorist attacks that actually occur in Australia and, and New Zealand. But we do not really hear much about it, especially in Australia. I remember I took a a program in bioterrorism where we talked about all these things. And I was actually shocked to to hear about the number of cases we've had in the last decade. And it's upsetting that these things still happen, why people have to um, cause havoc in our communities, especially in such um, critical moments in the world. Our hearts go out to people in New Zealand, and we hope that they're able to respond and, and, and get back. Yeah, soon. Yeah, hopefully uh, people there can come out of this um, attack which has happened. And I don't think it should con- it should be it should be acceptable. Any kind of terror attack is highly unacceptable in any because of any kind of reasons they are happening. Um, moving on to another big story from the United States, Alex. We yesterday saw that 
there has been this uh, flash flood emergency coming in the New York with the Northeast of the United States being um, targeted with these tornadoes and flooding. And um, if you look at those uh, surprising social media videos, which can show that a lot of cars have got submerged on the highways and the water is pouring into the subway stations and also all kinds of houses are being wind driven downpour by that rainfall that we are seeing. And there is an unprecedented flash flooding, which we have not seen for several years in New York. Um, somehow they are, they are really heartbreaking images coming from the northeastern part of the country. And also to tell you that at least 23 New Jerseyans have lost their life to, the, to their storm. So our prayers go out to all those people and their close families during these uh, times. And majority of those individuals, just to tell you, were, were in their vehicles at that point of time. And it's completely crazy at this point of time with COVID cases also increasing in the United States. And now this flash flooding, isn't it, Alex? Uh, well, I mean, I think that this this whole week we have we, we talked about the Hurricane Ida, um, although it has been downgraded into a tropical storm, we see it causing so much havoc along the along the northeastern parts of, of the U.S. And unfortunately, this week uh, reports of tornadoes and for the first time, America has had to uh, declare a state of emergency because of this flash flood emergency. Um, if you really look at the images going on, um, the power outages, people have lost so much property. We have um, the train stations and air airlines have come to a halt because of events. Basically, New York is, is in a standstill at the moment and coupled with um, COVID-19 pandemic going on, there's, there's a lot of stretch on search and rescue workers the health system definitely will be affected as well and i think that this shows the the importance of how vulnerable we are to climate change and maybe it's time that we we increase the activities or advocacy towards climate change because tornadoes and and as i said earlier on this week tornadoes these violent um, winds and strong winds and heavy rainfall cannot care because of all these climatic changes but being being able to to get our structures in place uh, it's very essential to be able to protect ourselves and i was actually very glad to hear the governor of new york um, talk about um, increasing the investments into into um, pandemic responses or humanitarian response and getting the structures that are needed and i feel that it's 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 very important and something that we should other countries should also look at and emulate yeah yeah i think climate change is a discussion which is an ongoing one now for several years but the more important thing is what kind of action are those countries taking to manage or to curb climate change or in fact to reduce the speed of climate change which is happening because these kind of tornadoes were always there but the frequency of these tornadoes coming and the bushfires coming in different countries has definitely increased over the years. And that's what is quite troublesome for all of us, because we don't know what all is in store for us in the future if these climate change activities continue to happen in the upcoming years as well. Another big story. Do you have to say anything, Alex? I was just going to say that I think it's 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 a lot of work for our the 
services or the weather um, agencies as well to be able to have enough surveillance to pick up these things as early as possible so that we can evacuate people. I think if there's enough preparedness there, we can actually salvage a lot of things, you know, instead of wait for the natural traditional approach of responding, which we see response yeah, and recovery, which we see in so many uh, places. Uh, yeah, I think maybe we should start looking at preventive measures instead. Yeah, that's just what Absolutely. I wanted to Absolutely, Alex. I totally agree with the, the points that you have raised here. Moving to the next big story, Alex, which is um, which is uh, coming from Afghanistan, which we all know has been going on for the last one month now. But the new story is that the Taliban is uh, supposed to form their government, in fact, today. And the ceremony for that is going to take place at the presidential palace in Kabul. And what the reports are stating that the patterns of the government will be following that of the Iranian leadership under which the supreme leader is the highest political and religious authority of the country. And so the Taliban co-founder Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar will be leading that new Afghan government, which can be announced anytime now. And also they might be announcing their cabinet and the government in a few days. It looks more promising. The signs look more promising, but it will be in a matter of days. We'll come to know whether we can we are able to see a significant change from what the Taliban were in 1996 when they tried to impose that radical, you know, uh, imposition of Sharia law and the way they treated women when the women were not allowed to go out for work and they were denied any kind of freedom to move out and there were a lot of other restrictions on women uh, which were which were you know which 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 cannot be accepted in the 21st century so i hope that they don't uh, uh, you know demonstrate themselves in the similar manner because it will again affect the legitimacy of their government if they have to be slightly different in the eyes of the international arena and in fact the invest the investors which are going to be crucial for their economy which is going through a serious drought at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, listening to what you're saying, I, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people are saying, oh, it looks promising. Well, maybe, but I I still, maybe I'm, I'm the skeptic here. I Because listening to recent interviews from some of the senior leaders on Al Jazeera and all that, we had Hakani talk about the fact that, yes, we are going to have an inclusive government. We, we are trying to talk to people who in the previous government we, we might not even we will we might have women in our government but they are not going to take um, top positions and we see that they are granting interviews on cnn bnn they are trying to make themselves uh i mean maybe the world think that oh this is a new taliban but we all know the reputation of the taliban that's and if you listen to the statements that hakani made which i i, I think i'll just go it says to maintain and be faithful to what we are fighting for to serve the Afghan people and serve Islam within Islamic laws. And the question here is what, what laws and who's going to interpret those laws? And we know from, from the past, 1996 to, to early 2000s, what happened? People were killed, people were amputated because of the, the way they interpreted, interpreted those, those laws. Uh, are we going to see that? Because they keep making the statement that we are going to protect women's rights within the Islamic laws. I think that the interpretation and and who is going to help interpre interpret those laws is, is very essential. But nonetheless, I am excited that at least 
they are trying to position themselves as as a new group that is 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 going to uh, maybe talk to diplomatic make diplomatic relationships maybe the motivation is to get money international aid and the support maybe that is it we don't know but for now i don't think that we can really trust the taliban and i mean i'll just say it like that we just have to watch closely and see how things go and hopefully all the efforts that have been made towards education and women's rights and and all these things are not curtailed yes so absolutely i feel that uh, taliban cannot be believed as of now they have shown some different signs as we were also discussing few days back in another podcast that the Taliban are now coming out with their mobile phones and they're broadcasting their live pictures on the social media, which they never did back in 1990s when they came to power. And they are quite open. They are talking to the international media in a different language, which can be considered to be a different sign. But it will come to we'll come to know soon whether it is a different sign or there are some intentions, other intentions of Taliban, which we don't know as of now and exactly. which they are only thinking of. So another big story, Alex, um, from the from the South Asian uh, community is coming from the Bangladesh garment factories. We know that Bangladesh has got this biggest garment factory in the world. Even uh, we are in Australia, you will see half of the garments are from Bangladesh. You go to yeah. India, you go to maybe Africa, you go to America. So Bangladesh has got those many large government factories. The reason for that is they, they, they play on economies of scale. Most of the countries, most of the retailers are coming to Bangladesh because they find that the labor cost will be less and they have the right environment to grow the garments. But now what has happened is there is a new deal which has been signed on the safety standards. It's a two year agreement between the major global retailers and the garment workers and factory owners in Bangladesh, which has come into this effect. And what this deal is making sure is, uh, it's making sure that all the factories are meeting the labor safety standards and they're protecting workers. And just for everyone's knowledge, um, those people who might not be you know, familiar with the 2013 incident of Rana Plaza, which was able to kill 1100 people in 2013, just because of the fact that the factories were not abiding by the safety standards of uh, the garment workers who are working in those factories. And after that, more than 38,000 inspections, after that incident, more than 38,000 inspections have been carried out and nearly 200 factories have lost their contracts because of that particular incident uh, at Rana Plaza that happened in 2013. And that's why they formed an agreement which was called, um, which is now called, uh, the new agreement is called the Ready-Made Garments um agreement which is managed by the ready-made garment sustainability council and it's valid until october 2023 so i think it's a great victory for the people um for those garment workers don't you think alex well i'm sure if if we look at what we are even wearing we might find bangladeshi somewhere in our clothes but this is a this this is a very big industry in in vietnam bangladesh china but i and I think that look, I briefly looking around, I saw that were about 4 million Bangladeshi workers just in the garment factory. And thinking about it, uh, and also the events that happened in 2013, I think that this being able to sign another deal after the first one for the next two years to protect 
the health and the safety of these workers is, is a victory for them. And it's also a, a, a way of sustainability for the, the companies to be able to, to get people who are working under good conditions, are motivated, are being paid well, and are excited to work. And that is when you can have all these uh, improvements in your business. I'm not a business person, but I'm sure that is how uh, you get good outcomes. Um, at the end of the day, I would say that we cannot compromise occupational hazards as well as um, the, the, the health and the safety of workers. So having all these big organizations coming on board and agreeing to make sure that they follow the right rules and also get any legal action or sanctions when they do not, I think it's, it's a good step. And I hope that this is not just done in a short phase. My issue is why have two years? This should be something that is, is there, not two years before workers have to now be afraid, are you going to change this? Then we have to have discussions again. We should look at long-term plans rather than just having all these short-term short things. Yeah, that's what I just want to add to it. Yeah. Well, that's something uh, they must have decided. Maybe they wanted to make sure that after a regular time period, there should be some checks on how the last two-year agreement has been implemented and then see further to what else can be added to that previous agreement just to revise and review those agreements from time to time. But I agree with you that it should not be of only two years. It should be of longer period and still those revisions can take place after every two years so that uh, workers are feeling safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, Absolutely. Because what else a worker wants, like any garment worker or say for that, any uh, worker who is working in any industry, he just wants uh, two main things. One is that he's financially supported. And the second thing is that he's feeling safe in those working conditions. He, and if he's, if, if he's not able to meet, uh, like if the industry owners are not able to meet those two requirements, then it can be a big shame for those large retailers who are coming from outside, yeah. earning large profits, earning large profits and playing with the lives of those garment workers in Bangladesh. And that's where this concern came from in 2013. And now it's again come into the picture because the agreement, the previous agreement is, is in fact, has already got over on the 31st of August. That's why they require a new deal to be signed for the safety of those workers. Yeah, uh, I agree. And um, I hope that uh, we have already started with the spring in uh, Sydney. It's a beautiful spring, some sunny days outside, as you can see. Yesterday, I was also able to meet Alex um, you know, after that podcast happened and uh, we were enjoying out in the sun. Hopefully people in Sydney can go out even during this lockdown and enjoy the sun and the vibes outside. Just not stay at home. It and might sometimes also affect you mentally and psychologically. So it's go out, move out, try to do some sort of physical exercise on a day to day basis. I think that will really help you to avoid any kind of mental illness. Is that correct, Alex? Do you have to say anything before we end today's podcast? Oh, no. I mean, I think I, he just he just said it. Yeah, he said everything. There's nothing to add. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we look forward to see you in another podcast, Alex. Um, I think our audience really enjoyed your conversations and um, hoping to see you another week, maybe from a different country, but definitely hoping to see you. Definitely. Thank you for the invite all the time. Thanks for watching. And we speak again. Sure.